0: may have heard
1: of us all right what's up Gilden guard this is steven your host from phantology along with my lifelong friends ryan and josh here to talk about the emperor of thorns by mark lawrence the exciting conclusion to the broken empire trilogy a series that we started kind of late fall last year and we reviewed the first two books prince and king of thorns And then I have to apologize, I got kind of waylaid with some other commitments and it's taken me a little bit to finish off the series, but now I have, and we are excited to record our thoughts on the Emperor and I guess like the trilogy as a whole, right?
0: Yeah, you made it, Steven.
1: That was never in doubt. I I, I was always enjoying it. You know, life happens, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Would you say that having finished it, you wished you would have? finished it earlier
1: yeah i mean mostly just because i feel like i would have remembered maybe some things from previous books before like i always feel like that right now i'm I'm getting back into uh Malaza and book of the fallen after spending a while not reading it and i'm like oh my gosh what happened in this series yeah. that that's like a little bit different because that's <laughs> that series is crazy but mm-hmm. uh yeah i i really enjoyed um the last i probably read Emperor of Thorns in like two or three days um, after getting back into it. Quick read, and, and I liked it quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I think it's pretty similar to the other two, where it's, you know, things are always happening. It's going to be fast paced, and it's hard to put down, at least it was for me.
2: Yeah, fully agreed with that. I, that's why I was surprised, you know, that it took you so long to finish it, because I I was very compelled to keep reading right after I finished or King of Thorns and then I just kind of burnt through Emperor of Thorns, you know, these aren't super long.
1: They are they are heavier books and I think that's something we've, you know, we'll obviously talk about uh takes, you know, maybe a little bit more uh more investment emotionally, morally, we'll say, <laughs> uh, to get to get through these ones.
2: That's a very good point.
1: And so I was looking through kind of perusing some different uh reviews and things uh, after finishing Trying to get a sense, you know, I I like to to get a sense for what others are saying out there because there's a lot of people that are smarter than I am writing about fantasy books. Uh, It just kind of helps me, like, settle some of my thoughts. And there was one really good one, really well-written one that basically said this is different than your usual fantasy series because it's almost like the events of the plot don't matter and the plot just, like, serves as a vehicle to move the themes that mark lawrence is trying to get across which i thought was pretty interesting and and a lot of these themes are this like moral ambiguity of the whole story so i like i don't know what do you guys think like do were you i think the plot is interesting for sure but i kind of think this review had a good point because at the end of the day it's the it's more of the themes and i somewhat of like the resolution but a lot of the things like the plot events that happen throughout the middle of the book are forgettable or just like not important. Like it, it, they're not the focus of the story.
2: Yeah. I, I don't think that's wrong, but I don't think that this is like the prime example of a book doing that. You know, I think for example, we just read uh, books, uh, book, the books of Babel. And I think that, that, uh, that those books are much more so that the plot is not the focus. Like I'd say the plot is more of a focus in the Broken Empire series than the books of Abel, you know, mm. I I I don't think that that's wrong, but I think out of series that does that do do that, this isn't like one of them that really doesn't have a plot, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know necessarily if I would agree with that. It's hard because I want to know more of the themes which that person puts put put forth that that they felt that it was moving that this plot is mainly moving forward or i mean uh, the plot is just Mm -hmm. a vehicle to to put forth these themes i mean thinking back over the grand scheme of the broken empire as a trilogy i i can't really put my finger on like one main theme that i felt that, that mark lawrence was was strongly trying to put forth i don't know what do you guys think
1: so we're going to do spoilers for the book. So if you haven't read the book yet, uh, we're we're now going to be talking about detailed events of the story. And uh, K. Okay, Josh, go ahead, Woody.
2: Well, like you said, um, I think a main one is obviously how much can we judge people for the evil that they do? Like that's um, mm-hmm. maybe not a one word theme, but I think that that's the main theme and my reading of it is... Jorg does a lot of evil things. He's also had a lot of evil things done to him. He's also doing these evil things overall for like a somewhat noble purpose. You know, like he honestly believes that he needs to unify the lands and become emperor and that that is going to be for the good of the whole world. And it is. It does end up being that. Does does
0: he really think that though? I mean, I feel like in the second book, he thinks pretty clearly about how the Prince of Thorns um, at least for the older brother. I, I, I'm blanking on his the, name.
1: The Prince of Arrow, you mean?
0: Oh yeah, sorry. He is, uh, of course, the Prince of Arrow. I, oh. I feel like Jorg thinks like, wow, this guy is like, he really wants what's best for people. And Jorg is almost spitefully going to try and take the throne from him.
2: Well, well I think we had this debate in the second book is if he, because we, we came away assuming that he knew that the usur- usurpation, Usup, Usurption? that sure he, <laughs> I, that he knew that that had happened and i i got input i don't i don't know if it was when we were talking but or somebody on discord that he would have he would have stepped aside for the other king of air um yeah. was that mm. was that us talking like i think that that was left uh, that ambiguous. Sounds,
0: that sounds familiar i think i think by the end of the book he had enough character growth that he he would have done it if it was um if it was the good brother. I think not Egan is, is Egan of Arrow the brother who who is who takes over at the end?
1: Egan and uh what was the the other one was Orin?
2: I think Orin is the Yeah. Orin is the righteous one. Orin, Egan, Orin's yeah. the
1: Orin's the good one, Egan yeah. is the crazy one.
0: Yeah, so if, if it had been Orin of Arrow who was coming, Jorg would have would have stepped aside and let him and maybe that says something about the character growth of Jorg. And so, yeah, maybe maybe in this he's he, he does have a genuine belief because at this point he has more kingdoms than anybody else does, right? And more more yeah. votes at this mm-hmm. uh, what, what's at it the called congressional at congressional. the congressional, yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know though because in, uh, in emperor, we learn that basically Jorg knows that he's the only one that really understands what's going on with the builders and and fexler gives him this information as he's traveling around the uh the fallout area in spain and then down in in africa like he's the only one who understands what's really going on here what the what the real stakes at play are so do you think that he would just let Orin of arrow just kind of continue on with the same thing
2: most of that happens after the ending of book two um no but it was five years ago is that after book two yeah it picks up after yeah five years ago picks up pretty soon after the events of book. i'm not sure about that okay i i read i I I read several summaries and they all said that so how could that be though because
1: he's learning stuff about the prince of arrow and like the builders say that they're going to back the prince of arrow but Jorg would have already have taken care of the prince of arrow
2: um okay i could be wrong but the the current like the
1: present timeline of this book is definitely what like two three years after the end of king but i think the five years because the five years ago picks up from the plot line because king also does the same thing right because he gets the gun from fexler he gets the gun from fexler in the five years ago time he gets him out of stasis and he grabs the gun, and then he uses the gun to kill Prince Severo. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not with you
0: here, Josh. Okay. I think we should trust Steven on this one, being the one who's read the most. It makes sense, though. I, I do remember in his flashbacks in this series, he's when he goes to meet with um, mathematician or math magicians that they're yeah. talking about how most of the formulas show that orin of arrow will take over right
2: yeah this does say um this does say in the uh, it's after prince of thorns but before king of thorns you're right
1: aha all yeah. right
2: my bad point for, point for me
1: yeah uh where where were we be like what was the what was the discussion line before we got oh, off if, on he, that? if he would
2: have uh if he would have let orin take the throne this is a yeah. pretty big tangent to a tangent so Right. I still think when we were talking about themes, I still think overall a theme of the book is: um, are evil actions justified if they're for like for the good of if what what's the what's the philosophical like argument Like the, uh, the
0: greater good yeah. kind of arguments justify the means yeah
2: like mm-hmm. so there there's that and then there's the um, can Like, can Jorg grow enough to be able to do what he needs to do from, you know, Mm -hmm. how he was broken as a child? And we get a lot more insight into that. It just seems like whatever you think, however you think, however bad you think Jorg has had it, he's like actually had it worse. You know, he's had like every, pretty much every sort of trauma that conflicted on someone. Yeah. Um, And so there's that theme too, of like, uh, of that trauma impacting him.
1: And then I would add also, by the end, you're wondering, is Jorg redeemed, like, does the resolution of this thing put Jorg at a place where he's been forgiven, redeemed, absolved, whatever, from all the evil that he's done?
2: Or does he need that, absolute, like, absolution? Does that need to be given to him? Or does he just, is uh-huh. what he does, are his actions, you know, enough to, that he doesn't need somebody else to absolve him, but he just... Mm-hmm can absolve himself because he does do things that he really struggles with, even if he like when he killed the his, his when he kills brother, his brother uh yeah. Deegan.
0: Deegan. Oh. Deegan. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: No, yeah. Right. When he kills Deegan, like that breaks him, right? So like there are some things that he doesn't really think he can be redeemed for and he has to struggle through that.
1: I think I mean I think it's different than a lot of other fantasy books where like the you can read it pretty deeply and really consider these types of things. And it's, there's a subtext to the, to most of the series where like this is being explored. Whereas your typical Epic fantasy has a lot of themes and cool ideas and stuff, but there's not this like running philosophical commentary, um, throughout.
0: Maybe one of the, this is probably totally, um, Totally my thought, not intended at all by the author at all, but maybe the broken empire needs somebody just as broken in order to make it whole again. Maybe Orin of Arrow, although he could have probably unified the the different empires, I don't know that he mm-hmm. could have neutralized the threat of the builder's machines, or the, or the artificial intelligences. Because I've, for what maybe he... I don't know. He just didn't have the same experiences that Jorg did.
1: Yeah, I don't. he didn't have the ruthlessness or know-how or just like, mm-hmm. I don't know what the word is, but he, he did. Yeah, he was not uniquely positioned that Jorg was by nature of his life experiences and birth and having to go through all the crap that Jorg went through and, and put others through to be able to even have a chance to do that.
0: And he wasn't. It seemed as capable at throwing off the throwing off the kind of the machinations of those people behind the scenes, like Sages, and you know, because Sages tried mm. to control Orin, and ultimately he wasn't able to. But then he was able to take Egan, and kind of topple topple Orin and and take over that way. And Sages tried to control Jorg. And, a, a few different ways, and Jorg was always never having it. And and if I guess if if Jorg hadn't have given into if he or if he had given into Sages, we would have just been right back to just warring kingdoms, warring against each other. Empire never would have been unified. Probably would have everybody would have been nuked by the artificial intelligences. So I don't know that I don't know that in my mind, Jorg was redeemed. I think that he he is a mixed bag. He did a lot of awful atrocious things that it's very difficult to redeem from and I think that at the his his fate at the end of this book is the only way that it the series this trilogy should have ended.
1: Josh, I remember when you finished, I think either you or Ben said this, uh one of you called the other one right away and wanted to uh, talk through the ending, right? And I'm sorry for the the subtle twinism yep. there, but uh, what what like what conversations were you guys having right at the end?
2: A lot of it um, focused around just if it was cathartic or not. I think you know was this was this the ending like Ryan said that that George needed? Um, was it the ending that the world needed? And just like kind of the meta ness around it, you know, like we were kind of talking through, you know, what exactly does the wheel represent you know what what um and what implications does it have for the for the world moving forward so it, it was mostly centered around that kind of stuff and and with um i don't I, um i can't remember if ben knew like if he got the foreshadowing or not with will being the the dead king um mm-hmm. i mean so there there was that and that was i i think that I mean, we can talk more about that reveal, but I think it was well done and well foreshadowed, and not super shocking, you know. But um, a very yeah kind of Sanderson esque reveal that recontextualized a lot of this. Hmm. Do
1: you want to talk? Do you want to talk about that now, or should we talk about the the wheel and the meta ness of the ending now?
0: I, I want to talk about talk about the dead king being William because on my okay. first read through. I did not expect it at all. And so obviously this this most recent read-through was my second one. And I saw it coming a mile away. But Stephen, you commented on our Discord that this, you predicted this and you thought it was pretty obvious that this was foreshadowed, which wasn't my experience at all. I mean, I could see how obvious it was reading it the second time. But it, it caught me mm-hmm. by surprise.
1: I think that means it's done pretty well like you can't expect an author to to write a book that's going to catch every person by surprise in you know an awesome way like I think in Sanderson's lecture as he talks about this he he tries to get like I'm probably gonna butcher these numbers but he tries to make his reveals to the point where like for 70% of people it's like right before and it's awesome and then for like 15% 15%, it's way before and they predicted and for 15%, they just like still don't understand what happened or something, you know? Like you have to kind of like just play to the averages when trying to do these things because your your audience is going to be pretty wide range. Some will be distracted when they're reading, some are going to miss details here and there. So I I mean if 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 our general experience is like some of us are catching it, some of us aren't, we're all enjoying it. I think it's some-
2: yeah, I mean, I think I was in that solid camp of, like, I think when he was walking into the the hall, like, that's when I was kind of putting the pieces together, you know? Like, before mm-hmm. I think the actual official reveal had happened, I, like, it clicked for me. And so, yeah, I think when, when that's happening, when you're, when you're getting the clues going right before the reveal, and that's when most people figure it out, done.
1: I do have to say, usually I am not the person uh, from Phantology to be... Picking into the, you know, cluing into these reveals before they're happening. So I was kind of surprised. Like, I figure if I if I thought something was obvious, then like everyone else would have as well, because for whatever reason, I just don't usually pick up on these things as I'm reading books. I'm like way too immersed. But yeah, as soon as Chella showed up and she basically, as soon as Chella realized who the Dead King was, I also did, because she says a couple things like, oh, the Dead King is younger than you uh, to Jorg. And then I think, I think that's I think that's when it hit
2: me too. I think well, that well that that's well that's well was before that he walks in, the black... in then maybe not yeah yeah okay sorry it's been a while yeah there was okay. one comment I think by Chella that like was like, oh that's that's who it is you know yeah
1: yeah and they talked they talked several times about how William's will was so strong and I was thinking the whole time like why do we care how strong this kid's will this you know how strong Will's will is because he's dead and it's like not really important anymore and then once it started to be like hinted that there was a connection and then they were trying to raid his grave at one point and I actually'm not still not sure exactly why that was happening I, I hadn't really thought uh, back to that moment until just now uh, so they want to I, thought, recover I thought there was bodies I, I don't remember did they but it, that's why they that's why cello was like preparing Kai's body to be used little fuzzy on that one anyway i thought i thought, don't know I thought it details. could have been it could have been more subtle i would have been fine with it being more subtle but it was also good i will say in general though will being the dead king i don't know if i buy it like this kid is really that special and he died in such a unique circumstance that he's going to be taking over all of the like well, all of the powers of it, the dead and
2: it's a, it's a good foil to foil it to jorg i mean jorg does the same thing in the land of the living and yeah i mean i think that's what the symbolism is right we see jorg's whole journey through the land of the living uniting the whole empire and everyone will does that in the land of the dead
1: maybe the problem is i just don't understand enough about how the magic works to think that a, a little kid that's just recently died could become in charge of this like like the living the land of the living is something that i have more familiarity with i have no experience with how uh the land of the dead the dead works so that seems weird
2: seems less likely that a 12 year old kid is going to unify a whole empire in the land of the living than <laughs> yeah. whoever's. it that, seems like ages it seems like age is more important when you're living than when you're dead
1: yeah that's that's probably fair
0: if and you, you want know, to learn more about the magic system then you should read the wheel of osheim trilogy
1: okay that's the that's the red Co- so is that the name of the trilogy because i've also heard of it referred to as red queen's war
0: i think that's i think uh that's probably the correct term i think it's the the third book that's called the wheel of Osheim. okay so i think the red queen's war is probably the it's like prince the, of the fools
1: proper. and or something of fools and liar's key the, those are those the, that's the bush talking about the next yes.
0: companion mm-hmm. and okay. those are the only ones that it's interesting because it's kind of set at a simultaneous time period or there's overlapping periods of time between the two um series and the protagonists the protagonist from the other one uh runs into jorg at, like once or mm-hmm. twice and so if you read it um If you read the series immediately after reading The Broken Empire, which is what I did, you'll kind of get some of those and be able to connect the dots a little bit more. But I mean, it's more like Easter eggs in video games or movies. It's not really super critical.
1: We were talking about extended universes a little bit on the Discord. I don't remember if you weighed in or not, Ryan, but since you've read both, is it kind of similar to the Robin Hobb extended universe where... You have the Fitz books that just kind of follow each other. And then there's the Life Ship Traders and also the, you know, the Dragon books. I don't remember the name of that. Those four books. Anyway, they have some connection to each other, some plot important things, but they're mostly standalone. Is it similar in that
0: way, say? Yeah, I would say it's definitely similar.
1: And less of a connection than like the Cosmere, for example. Well, initially the Cosmere is not super connected, but it's starting to get more.
0: I would say it's um, probably closer to more current Cosmere books. I, I okay. guess, I guess uh, because the, they do talk about the dead king and 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 characters from this series and the events that happen and um, when Jorg sets off that nuke, that factors in, and and so it's like these these events are taking place in both stories.
1: When he sets off the nuke in the
0: desert. No, like the, city, or... the nuke that leveled the that city. Yeah Gal- uh, Yeah, Galeth. I guess. I mean it wasn't really the nuke, it was just like the triggering thing. Okay. And
1: the Red Queen was she was the the Red Queen from the name of the trilogy is also the Red Queen that was there at Congression and that was yes. the... okay. Yeah, I think so much. And and
0: you you met the Red Queen's sister as well. She's a okay. player in, Do... in the other trilogy.
1: Okay. Maybe we shouldn't say too much more for i mean
0: uh, you meet them both at the very beginning of the first so i i'm just saying they factor into the plot but okay. yeah i guess i'll leave it okay,
1: okay. i know josh you just started a uh, book of the ancestor and i'm i've been meaning to start that one as well but i can't
0: until i finish memories of ice um, <laughs> Brian.
2: <laughs> good dedication yeah yeah
0: well They're I mean be... at this point you're getting Jake's Jake's catching up and passing you.
1: That's why I'm so motivated to continue <laughs> reading.
0: <laughs>
2: Man, if you ever need Steven to be motivated, just pit him against Jake and something and <laughs> off he goes.
1: Yeah, I get I don't know, I get kind of competitive. Just give me a rival and I'll I'll go jorg on them.
2: Um For the record, I've really liked Book of the Ancestor. I'm about three quarters of the way through.
1: Nice. Yeah, I I think I could see us reading a lot of Mark Lawrence. So if you're a fan of Mark Lawrence and you happen to have found this uh, review, then tune in to join join Discord. Maybe I'll make a Discord channel just for Mark Lawrence's verse because it seems like they're all interconnected. We may need a place to discuss all these books. So anyway, hop on our Discord and uh, let us know what we are way
0: wrong on or what thoughts we may be i mean
2: i've already been way on. wrong on something if we didn't cut that out so <laughs>
0: no that's staying that's for <laughs> sure no. we're leaving that in they need to know we're mortal that we make <laughs> mistakes right because that never happens
2: uh
1: all right so should we just kind of like go back through some of the plot uh, points here and, and talk through the book so towards the beginning one of the uh the really like the first big thing that happened is the the attempted assassination of Mianna by the agent of the Pope. And Jorg is like dreamwalking along with them. And I thought this was an exciting way to start the book. Although I was a bit disappointed that the whole plot line with the Pope, like, I guess that's where I would, that's a plot that I would point to. And be like, you know, what was really the, po- like this one didn't seem to have much importance on the final
0: outcome of anything. Really? I mean, the Pope tried to kill Jorg's wife and unborn child. Don't you think that played a part in Jorg ultimately killing the Pope?
1: Yeah, but what was the point? Like, I didn't see the importance of Jorg killing the Pope, I
0: guess. I mean, <laughs> it was just another... I think it shows Jorg's ruthlessness, right? He's he's re- maybe redeemed in some aspects and learning and growing as a character, but in other aspects, it's like he's he is still the same ruthless jorg who's doing whatever it takes like you see it when the gildan guard aren't doing what he's asking and so he's like boom i'm gonna kill it i'm gonna kill that captain and then the next one's like what, what? like uh, and then he doesn't he kill them like, yeah he kills like three or in? four people or something <laughs> so he's just killing people to get his way and i mean and then and then again so he kills the pope and then later on at Congression, he's just killing people who aren't voting his way that's something that Orn of Arrow never could do and that's Jorg's way of unifying the broken empire.
2: Just kill everyone that doesn't agree? Yeah, I mean
1: I, I agree with you it, it definitely serves to give Jorg some motivation and and cement whose character is but I think I already know that about Jorg and at this point like in the latter stages of the book I really just cared about what's going to happen at Congress and how do we resolve the conflict with the builders and with the the dead king and the zombies that are coming to kill everyone like those are things i care about and then there's still this like lingering side thing with the church and i don't really care about that like that didn't seem to really factor into the final thing uh an example of a good way that this all tied together was the whole like five years previous plot where i was wondering the whole time okay how is this five years previous plot going to impact the final thing and then it does because during congression he's gathering the support of these people that you've seen him talk with and do diplomacy and then obviously the builders plot like that all tied together really well i did not see the church pope plot line tied into the final
0: i mean other than giving George that external motivation i'm not sure i, I can't remember any other main, main way that might
1: yeah some good some bad for me, I, like not, I, I just have, my, my point is that not every plot point really seemed like a earth shattering thing. A lot of it was just a, a lot of, a, I felt like a lot of the plot was a view of themes. I kind of agreed with that uh, review that I, okay. Um, The five years earlier plot, was there anything there that really jumped out at you guys other than the slow revelation into what was going on with the builders? And cause I thought that was interesting. And, and that was like the majority of why we were interested
2: yeah <laughs> that was always hard for me not to <clears throat> have that be too meta or nebulous like the um oh what's his name Flex uh felix flexler. Flex- 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 yeah i always like read it as felix Flex- but flexler yeah. Flex-
1: Flex- yeah flexler yeah or is it fexler one
2: l one l okay <laughs> yes anyway like i enjoyed him as a character but i don't know if he was like the best character to get a super involved uh super not involved but interested or engaged in that storyline um so i kind because of he was with basically
1: it. a no one he was like a he was the he was the third string builder
0: and didn't really know anything too important
2: yeah and just his overall personality i guess wasn't super engaging
0: I thought it was, he had an interesting person, or his story was interesting. I mean, I don't know, I... Because I, I, he, he kind of furthers the story of the builders, right? That's how Jorg ends up getting a lot of his intel on what's going on, is by talking with Fexler and figuring out Fexler's story, and I think he learns about the technology that then prepares him a little bit more at Congression.
2: Yeah, but I felt like that that's the thing. I felt like that was his only purpose was just to be that conduit to help us get that information. Whereas like if I would have been super engaged with wanting to get the backstory on this character, then maybe that information mm. could have been a little bit more engaging, sense it a little bit more well. This is like a not a huge knock on the series. Like overall it doesn't really factor in, but it's something that could have been polished up in my mind.
0: So you didn't like the story
2: in and of itself yeah and mostly because it was coming to me through a character i didn't care
1: i think it's a it's a bit of a knock on the series though josh because this is a recurring thing where a lot of the minor characters we never really just like sit with a given outside of outside of a few characters your average minor character has like one or two details about them revealed, they may be like one or two personality traits but they're not like super real deep people that we never really like get behind that much yeah it's mostly a jorg centric story which is which is fine like that is definitely the point of the series but i i think for me uh i i do prefer a little bit more slow burn in my epic fantasy and so i would have been fine if each of these books was 200 pages long and those 200 pages were filled with just like fleshing out some more characters or a little bit more of the world or something so i had I'd like some more stakes or more rooting interests other than just interested to see what happens. Which,
0: yeah, fair. I didn't, I didn't really feel that way for this series. I can definitely see why it benefits the development of others of other series, but I thought I liked the pace of this story, and I liked that it was Jorg was the focus. Um, but I do recognize that Jorg is very, very. Off-putting person. I mean, that's putting it nicely, right? He's just like downright. Yeah, even it is. At, at some at some off-putting. points. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I think that it, maybe for some readers it might benefit if they have the perspective of somebody who you can who you can empathize with more.
2: Maybe. Man, if I ever hear you call somebody off-putting, Ryan, I'm just going to be like, dang, Ryan hates <laughs> that person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. ryan would not trust his family around that just keep him further further far away from ryan
1: it's the scum of the earth right there yeah. uh we we do get perspective from chella but she's also pretty off-putting herself <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that was so i liked the five years earlier thing i thought that really worked and helped i think that helped the pacing quite a bit to just have it broken up like that the Cella perspective chapters—they didn't do much for me. I wasn't—I was not a fan of those of, of that
0: decision. I think that you know Cella is the romance that Jorg probably deserves.
2: <laughs> That's true. Well, he does okay. not deserve Catherine and does not deserve. Oh boy, uh, definitely Miana. doesn't deserve yeah. Mianna. Yeah, definitely doesn't deserve Mianna. Catherine is a little. She has her own crazy side, but um, yeah, he deserves Cella. Well, Cella's who. He- He
1: gets, (laughs) yeah. So I guess that's some poetic justice right there. Although them getting together in the carriage seemed so, I I guess there was some sexual tension before. It just it was kind of it it was not supposed to sit well with you. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't like it. I I don't think you're supposed to like it.
0: I I mean, doesn't that also show who Jorg is as a person? That he, I mean, he's willing to sleep with this dead lady who's come back from the dead and also while he has a pregnant wife and some uh, and catherine who he has who knows what type of relationship with i mean was he just getting with chella because
1: the frustrations of her not being able to get with catherine
2: oh yeah
0: yeah
1: i guess that's true
2: i picture i picture chella as bellatrix lestrange like i, I, I yeah okay. yeah just that's that's who I picture as the character uh, is Helena Bonham Carter. Is that her name? Close enough. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah as, yeah, as as like that character, but like in the Bellatrix, you know, get up and everything. So yeah, I guess that would be like if Bellatrix were to like have a scene with like Fenrir Greyback where they just suddenly, you know, copulate. You'd be like, well, I guess they deserve each other, but. <laughs>
1: So there's a lot of Harry Potter fan fiction that's uh, that's come up over the years, but Josh has just proposed something that has never before seen the light of day. Oh, I
2: don't know, Steven. I do not know. I'm sure that's out there somewhere. We,
0: we could hope it's never seen the light of day.
2: If it's not, somebody should write it. Oh boy. Josh, okay. Josh
0: is um, his. He has a. He's an author, and his pseudonym. <laughs> he writes some Harry Potter uh, fan fiction. Of a very specific nature. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking
1: of Catherine, uh, I was a little unsatisfied with, I don't know, like Catherine seemed in the second book, it seemed like Catherine was going to be such a big thing. Like this weird connection between Jordan and Catherine was, was going to be so important eventually. And I kept on thinking it was, but that, I don't know. Like it seemed like maybe there should have been, that should have been the impetus in one, one of them dying or, one of them doing something that was that that caused big things or uh, I don't know like Miana was gonna I think she did kind of like already know that there was something weird going on there but it, it never really like the, it, I never really saw a big consequence from this
2: yeah it was like okay well there could be a love triangle how about we have there be a love triangle you know yeah that's that, I that's kind of how I felt
0: yeah I mean it, it did seem like most of the more major consequences with Catherine were in the second book, Sages, and all of yeah,
1: that. Yeah, it really worked. I think it really worked for the second book, but then I guess I was hoping for, for a more uh, culminating event here of this relationship. It just kind of, just kind of fizzled.
0: Yeah, I mean that that is true. I I was hoping, I was hoping that the Ings would, there would be another trilogy that kind of more directly follows up. Because they set it up a little bit with with Jorg being turned into an AI and his son um, mm-hmm. being there, and then they're all kind of living in like similar, like in the same castle,
2: right? Um, and
0: and so it seemed like he set things up that there could be a a direct follow up on. I don't know if he said anything about it. I mean, he certainly seems to be working on um like he's moved on from that like he's working on a lot of different characters and different worlds and um so i don't know if he said that he's ever come back to this or not
1: at the end at the very end is baby william is he the emperor is that the case
0: i think he's yes he's he's set up to be the emperor i don't know that i don't know if he's like his mom is regent in his place until he comes of age or uh, my impression was that he was emperor and or would be in the future
1: mm. okay i'm looking back uh jorg ghost refers to his son will and says like yes my emperor that could be i don't that, that could just be like playful that could be the reality i'm not maybe there's more so anyway let us let us know in that's true but don't give us spoilers for uh, future series. Please keep it to uh keep it to Broken Empire. What do you think about Jorg as a father? Cuz I guess one thing about Catherine that is good is it, you know, helps to it helps to characterize Jorg in a little bit different light where you can see like he doesn't disregard every other person, but he just has these like obsessions for people uh for Catherine's. But then he decides he wants to try to be a, father like he wants to try to to love his son which is something that he never got from his father and i think this is kind of towards the end where you start to wonder like okay are we gonna redeem jorg like is jorg gonna he does a big sacrifice and a lot of it is is by motivation for his son so do you think that the jorg as a father helps to
0: redeem what we've seen so i mean it gave him something to die for i think that was maybe the most important part is that Jorg has been motivated pretty much only by selfish reasons up to this point or you know trying to seek the approval of his father and then trying to uh, spite other people trying to show them that uh, you know he could succeed where everybody else said he would fail and at this point he's finally thinking about something other than himself and I guess maybe gives him the strength to to die. I don't know. Maybe 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 his learning that his little brother William was the dead king also helped kind of help him try and right out that wrong and, you know, help his little brother move on as well.
1: That was good, especially at the end when, when you see that connection in him and his brother and, and the guilt that he's carried around. However, I don't understand why... Like we're not supposed to think as a reader that he actually did something wrong by letting his brother die, right? Like there there was nothing he could have done as a kid. He was trapped in the thorns, but he he blames himself, right? That that is is that the interpretation you guys had?
2: Yeah, I don't think there's any way he could have done anything, but I think I think it's meant to show, you know, even if something seems so close but it's just out of reach, you're always going to torment yourself, you know, even if there's not it can still become a torment.
0: And especially being such a young age as, as Jorg yeah. was, I, I, is there any way for a child of that age to process events that are that horrible in a way that makes sense? Yeah, probably not. And it just, yeah. another thing that messed up Jorg showed him a, of course, disgusting view of the world that he's clung to ever since.
2: Yeah. Like maybe if you look back and you're like, well, maybe I wasn't really that entangled or that torn up. Maybe if I would have just been able to get through the pain a little bit, I could have gotten free and say, you know, yeah. like, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it's hard to, you know, when you're looking back when you're a kid, you know, like something mm-hmm. that seems like you're in a lot of pain. Well, maybe it wasn't that much pain. It was just your kid mind, worst case scenario type.
1: Yeah. George definitely needs a therapist. Um, <laughs> I feel bad for that therapist, but I think that the place that they should start is here. They should start at this event. Try to unpack this a little <laughs> bit. Try to try to separate reality from fantasy. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they, He was also
2: forced to kill his family dog. That seems like you might need to unpack that too.
1: Was that before there's or after this? There's a lot to it. It would take several sessions.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, that would have been and, and probably yeah, some, before, right? Because yeah, yeah. I mean, his dad. Yeah. Was, there's there's stuff.
0: Yeah, his his dad. How did how did you guys feel yeah, about yeah. George never really getting like a good scene in with his father at at the end? It was like I loved he it. Just he just learns. Your dad died while he was sleeping with his stepmom.
2: Yeah, I loved it personally. I thought it was great. I thought that it was like every you know that I don't know. I just I thought it was poetic, and I th- I thought that it um made it forced george to get closer outside of just killing either deciding to or not to Mm -hmm. kill his dad you know like that's always the cliche is like okay is he gonna get closure from killing him or is he gonna get closure from not killing him you know and but instead this time it was kind of a you know like oh nope you don't even get the chance
1: i thought it was good in that way i just thought it was confusing because we never really got a uh, yeah, I guess we were we're just supposed to accept what uh what they what was told to us, which is that he died kind of in, right like in the night or with his stepmother or or was he killed in the in fighting the dead king? Like we don't get a we don't get to see it. It's not on camera. I I just I struggle with with off-camera deaths. Maybe that's where I'm Yeah,
0: Steven's from like Steven says if it happens off-camera yeah. then they're not really that's dead. That's right.
1: That's right. This violates my my rule of reading fantasy books.
0: Maybe maybe a, a more direct follow up would resolve that.
2: Steven Stephen wants to be in the moment, in the in the throes of passion, when uh, yeah, <laughs> when his heart gives it. out. So, I I think it's that's what Steven's calling for.
0: It it is a bit ironic that Jorg never got the chance to face one of the main villains in his life, and possibly uh, you know if if. Jorg's dad had been a better father, maybe he could have helped Jorg process those events in some way that he could have become a rational functioning human being, or at least half as evil as Jorg is. That might be a benefit for the world, who knows?
1: Alright, we are offering our therapy services to uh to Jorg of Ancreth. I really hope he doesn't take us up on it.
0: <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to have to unpack any of that. And Jorg seems like the worst type of patient to have as a therapist.
1: Yeah, he's either going to manipulate the heck out of you, or kill you, or both. And yeah. there's no way it's worth. It. There's no amount of of, no. of money that would make that. Work. Okay, uh, I think that's our review. Let's. Uh, do you guys have worst of the best? We haven't done. We have not done worst of the best for a while because recent reviews that i've been on have been about the wheel of time tv show or the wheel of time books or stuff with all of us together we haven't actually just reviewed a book for a while so uh if you don't remember what we're doing here is talking about the one scene in another like it could be about a character it could be about a, a plot point it could be about a theme just like the one thing that it just kind of rubbed you the wrong way or could have been a little bit better uh And it's always tricky after talking through everything because we've already done a lot of like nitpicks here and there, but after this long-winded explanation, which is designed to give you guys more time to think of examples, (laughs) who's ready?
0: The worst of the best. With so many exemplary moments in this book, it's almost unfair to nitpick.
2: But that's the segment.
0: It's the pimple on the princess, the stain on the satin, and the terror before the triumph.
1: The unfortunate portion of an otherwise stellar performance.
2: Someone has to point it out. Um, I think that the whole uh, scene of him going down to Africa or afrique that's that whole thing is kind of the worst of the best. I can't remember specific examples, but I feel like it could like it expanded the world in some really cool ways and let us see some new cultures and stuff. And I always generally eat that up, but just seemed to like happen too quickly and be over too fast. And you don't really know how important it was. Um, or if it, you know, that, so that was my worst of the best. Mm. I liked the trick
1: that he played on uh, Michael, the builder ghost by uh, dropping off his nuke or triggering device or whatever that thing was um that is a classic that was george cool. move. Yeah. Ryan, do you have
0: I I actually cannot think of anything honestly. It was all perfect. Ooh. No, I I it wasn't, it wasn't perfect, but um no, I I, I can't contribute to worst the best this week. I'm sorry.
1: All right, I will uh I'll attempt to go. I'll say my worst of the best is going to be two scenes, which just kind of both do the same thing for us. One was the burning down the monastery, abbot, or whatever place that was, cathedral. Um, that was uh, It was some kind of church building where basically the, the clergy comes in and they're very corrupt and they kidnap and rape Jorg uh, as a kid. And then the other scene where Jorg is captured in the fallout zone of Spain and is about to be tortured and eventually kind of gets out of that. Two very, like, very dark scenes. And they're in there for a reason to really kind of cement these these ideas home that, you know, like, Jorg is a terrible person, that's had bad things done to him, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I just don't know, like, how many more times do we need to see this in this series to, to get the idea? Like at this point in the books, do we need to see this more, like more flashbacks? I, I don't know that it actually like added anything more to Jork's character. We are, we certainly know, we we know it for sure. And I don't think it's necessarily like a, a make or break. I'm probably being kind of critical here. I feel like I already knew and certainly add anything.
2: Fair enough. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. That's accurate.
1: All right. So uh, our first Mark Lawrence trilogy is down uh, for me, at least. Uh, Ryan, how many? Actually, how many of his trilogies have you read?
0: Just two, just the Broken Empire and the Red Queen's War. Those are the only two. I want to explore his world more, uh, or his universe. I guess it's not the others. The others aren't set in the same world. But I've got, I've got some other books I need to read first.
1: Yeah, we all kind of talked about our. Uh our book planning our book reading plans for and uh, they are ambitious so we don't want to try to guilt each other into reading everything that all the other people are reading otherwise we're just going to look back um at the year in shame for not reading books uh but but josh you're gonna continue with book of the ancestor right like that's your oh parent.
2: yeah oh yeah i should be done with that by ending of january mid-february okay
1: Okay so uh, you can follow Josh you're uh, wanting to get more Mark Lawrence right away and then we'll catch up his with all of his stuff that's the plan nice
0: should we do a a rating a rating out of 10 for a the rating? whole series oh yeah we should
1: sure sure yeah let's do a rating okay for book for book or whole series or both
0: uh, let's um uh, let's do series okay, Ryan, what's is kind yours? of the end of the series i'm going to go with um Eight point five out of ten. I think that if this series, if you can tolerate Jorg, who is a reprehensible human being, um, I think that you will enjoy the story that Mark Lawrence tells. And it's dark. There is quite a bit of death, but it it doesn't there it doesn't fall into really any typical fantasy tropes. It, it's a different type of fantasy story, and I think it deserves to be read. Once again, if you can tolerate it. And I've, I've read it twice and nine times.
2: Nice. Josh? Uh, so I think I, when I when I just finished it, I think I gave it an eight. But I think I'm going to lower it to 7.5 just because I haven't like thought about it all that much in the months since I've read it. I mean, it has stuck with me and I've enjoyed this conversation. But it's not something I like come back to of being like, oh, dang, I love that scene. Oh, man, I remember how much that shocked me. Or, oh, man, this really messed me up, you know? Um, like with the, again, just comparing it, I know I already did this once, but comparing it to books of, the, books of Babel, like I'm pretty consistent in going back and, and thinking about some of those scenes and those characters. And I'm just like really not with this series. So 7.5, yeah.
1: I'll split the difference. I'll say 8. I think it's good because it's different and because if you're a deep thinker you can really kind of like think about some of these themes um and, but but it could be better my personal preference would be it could be better if it was longer if we had more time to focus on other characters if we had just like more slow burn in the world but on the other hand would that ruin what Florence is trying to go for because it is all focused on her so maybe it shouldn't be maybe it doesn't work that way the, the way that i wanted to and um, I think maybe just under preference thing. I, Yeah, I, I do think This is a series that it, It's got to suit your, your preference Pretty quickly, uh, like Ryan said If you can stomach it, then you'll probably like it Nice Alright, that good, Ryan? That a wrap? I think that's a wrap Okay, see you guys later
2: See you, Steven, see you, Ryan
1: Have a good one